So today we're going to continue with musings of a quieted heart. This is part two, and I want to talk to you about the power of your tongue, the importance of speaking and releasing, or saying what God says. Our text is found in Mark chapter 4 and verse 26, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and it grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. I love this. Notice, first of all, that the farmer, or some translations say, the man scatters seed. Now, who's the man? Who's the farmer? You are. You are farming your way through life. You are farming your way through life. What's the seed? Well, we're told in the parable above this that the seed is the word of God. Now, what's the earth or the soil? Your heart. We're, that's explained to us in the parable of above, the parable of the sower. Because when the seed is sown, it falls on four different types of soil, which clearly in that parable indicate a personality. Someone with a heart and a soul that the word comes into and it affects. And then those souls respond in different ways. So let me summarize. You are the farmer. The seed is the word of God. The soil is your mind and your life. And let me add, God always desires increase. You see, in John's Gospel, chapter 15, Jesus said that if something isn't bearing fruit, he prunes it, that it might bear more fruit. If it just completely stops bearing fruit altogether, he cuts it off. How many of you have ever had God just cut something off? Cut something out of your life. Maybe it was a relationship that simply wasn't bearing fruit. In fact, whenever you were around that person, it stole life instead of giving you life. And the Lord said, cut that thing off. But many other things in our life, they're good, but they need to be pruned so that they'll bear more fruit. I submit to you that the operation for increase, the process to bring about God's increase in our life is your words, are your words. When you say what God says, when you take the seed of the word of God and consistently plant it, plant it into the soil of your life, into the soil of your mind and your thinking, and your heart, it's going to bear fruit. Now, this passage tells us something very unique. That once the seed goes into the soil, what's the farmer do? He goes to sleep. And look what it says here. Read it. He sleeps, verse 27, and rises night and day. And the seed sprouts and grows. He doesn't know how. Verse 28, but the earth produces by itself. Do you know that when God's word 
comes into contact with the soil of your heart, your heart grabs that thing and immediately begins to work on bringing it to pass? Immediately. And the soil is capable. See, here's the beautiful thing. This isn't a matter of works. It's not a matter of me trying to be right with God. It's not a matter of me trying to grow, trying to be a good Christian. It's a matter of just putting the seed in the soil, and the soil of my heart will start working on that and bringing forth increase and bless the Lord. I'll start walking in the purposes of God. I'll start walking in what God has ordained. See, the life is in the seed. If you plant apple seed in the ground, what kind of fruit will you get? Well, that was easy, wasn't it? Now, if you plant pumpkin seeds, what kind of fruit will you get? How about if you plant a peach pit, a seed from a peach, what will you get? You won't get apples, will you? You'll get peaches, won't you? What happens when you plant the word of God, his promises, how he thinks about you into the soil of your heart? That's what you'll get. And wouldn't it be silly of me to plant seed out into my garden and then the very next day go out there digging around saying, well, it hasn't come up yet. Where is it? I don't see any leaves. I don't see any stalk. Where is it? Right? Wouldn't that be foolish? There's seed time and harvest, which he tells us here in our passage. The earth produces by itself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle. See, that's when you're out there sucking on the results of what you've been sowing over months. You needing a new vehicle? Well, saying once... God, I just believe you're giving me a new car. And then, you know, forgetting about it forever, never watering that thing, never taking care of that seed, never being sure it went into the soil of your heart, that doesn't mean anything. But you see, when you consistently, you're out there, it says that he scattered seed. Now, I don't know if you've ever watched this. I've watched some videos of these old-time farmers actually scattering seed. But they don't take just one seed and stick it into the soil. Now, you might do that in your garden, but that's not how farmers back then scattered seed. They'd walk along, and they would literally, they'd have a bag of seed on their belt. And then they'd work the rows, you know, they'd dig and, and, and dig up the fallow ground and create rows for it. And then they'd just go out and they'd cast it. They'd cast all, all sorts of seed, just cast it. And that seed would land in soil. And then the combination of that soil and seed would go to work bringing about the life that was in the seed. Do you know that that vehicle you need is in seed form right now? Do you know that piece you need on your job is in seed form right now? Do you know that bill you have at home The finances you need to take care of that bill is in seed form right now. And all you and I need to do is get out there and scatter the word of God, his seed, out into the soil of our heart. Here's the principle. First you say it to get it in. Then you say it to release it. I'm going to show you that in a minute. Did you all understand that? First you say it to get it in. Then you say it to release it. 
Watch. He said, the earth produces by itself after you've scattered seed. How do you scatter seed? With your mouth. <laughs> if, if, if the seed is words, how do you scatter seed? With your mouth. Okay. Oh, gosh, there's so many different places I want to go with this. All right. All right. Watch this. All right. Let's run over to Mark's Gospel, chapter 11. Mark's Gospel, chapter 11. It's in the Bible. Mark, chapter 11, in the New Testament. Mark, chapter 11. Watch this. Now, let, let's start here. Verse 12. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And Jesus said to the fig tree, watch this, Jesus spoke to an inanimate object. Jesus talked to the tree. May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. So it wasn't like, may, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. You know, he wasn't hiding it. He wasn't timid about it. He wasn't back door about it. Back room about it. May no one eat fruit from you ever again. He spoke to the tree, all right? They go on their business, go on with their day. The next morning, verse 20. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered and Jesus answered them. Notice what he does not say. That's important. Notice what he never goes back and addresses. But he says this. Have faith in God. Now, some would argue that the text, literally rendered, says have God's faith. Or... Have the God kind of faith. It doesn't matter to me whether it says that or not. Because of the lesson Jesus is clearly giving them here. He curses the fig tree. The next morning they're walking by it. It's dried up from the root. They ask him, Peter asks him specifically, Jesus, look, the fig tree you talked to yesterday. It's all dried up. And here's Jesus' answer. Have faith in God. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. Now, isn't it interesting 
Because some would say that, you know, that when, when Jesus taught on the kingdom, when he taught about scattering seed, when he taught, as we talked about last week in our first part of musings, when we talked about all these parables, that, that all of that is, really has to do with just the gospel message and trying to get us to heaven. Nothing really to do with this earth. You shouldn't be thinking about earthly things. The gospel message is something we're to believe so that we can go to heaven. Really? Well, that's interesting because here Jesus curses a fig tree. He talks to a tree. They ask him about it. He says nothing. He doesn't explain it. He doesn't explain how it happened. He doesn't explain why he did it. He starts giving them an example and says, look, let's begin here, guys. You need to have faith in God. I believe what he was saying is, I just demonstrated the God kind of faith in your ability to release what's been sown in your heart and the tree dried up. Let me ask you a question. Why, when Jesus spoke to the tree, did it immediately dry up and you and I have spoken to our mountains, our issues that are in the way, and, and they don't dry up? And in fact, sometimes they never dry up. Sometimes they dry up after a week, sometimes it changes, circumstances change after a month, but sometimes it just never works. Have you ever asked that? How come my prayer didn't work? How come those words I spoke didn't work? Well, I'll tell you why. Jesus spent hours every day scattering seed on the soil of his heart. When he spoke to that tree, he really believed. Keep in mind what he says here. If you speak to the mountain, be thou removed. And don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass. You will have whatsoever you say. You see, first there's a process of scattering the seed or getting the word in to where your heart, your mind, your soul believe and trust God. There's no doubt there. You really believe and trust God for your needs. And then you come up against your mountain. You come up against a rotten tree. You come up against a tree that is not bearing fruit. God desires increase. If it's not increasing, he'll prune it. So when he comes up against something, a circumstance that's not giving fruit, he, he deals with it right then. Our ability to have our words responded to right now depends on our willingness to hear. Jesus said, be careful what you hear and constantly be scattering seed to the soil of our heart. Remember, there's four types of ground. Your heart doesn't produce perfectly every time you sow a seed. There were four types of soil. Only 25% of the seed that fell on soil produced. Only 25% of the ground that was sown on produced. Why? Because we're dealing with this earth. We're dealing with those kind of things and we're up against powerful problems that come against us. But the word of God, when scattered, will bring our heart into believing agreement. Oh, you're not listening to me. I can tell. Some of you, you know, doing this, Facebooking. Stop Facebooking right now in Jesus' name. I just believe you're going to stop Facebooking right now in Jesus' name. I believe it. Now, so I've scattered that seed. You're going to listen to the word of the Lord. Listen, Jesus, every day, hours a day, 
sowed soil, sowed seed to the soil of his heart, getting his heart into believing agreement with God's will. He said, I never do anything unless I hear the Father saying it and see the Father doing it. That's how he lived. And so when he spoke to this tree, this tree immediately responded because he said it. He spoke to it. So first he said it to scatter the seed. Then he said it to bring in the harvest, to reap the harvest. There's always seed time and harvest. There's seed time. and You can't plant today and be sucking on the fruit tomorrow. You plant today and you keep scattering and you keep scattering and you worship and pretty soon that thing's going to begin to sprout. And pretty soon that leaf is going to grow and it's going to get longer and that stalk is going to come up out of the ground. You're going to be looking at it and you're just going to keep watering it. You're going to keep sowing God's word, God's promises over your circumstances, over the bills, over that car, over those relationships that aren't functioning well and need to be pruned. How many of you are listening to me today? Right? You're going to keep scattering seed constantly. And pretty soon that thing's going to grow up to where you can go out there and pick the ear off the stalk. And you're going to be able to prepare that corn for a meal. Let me show you something. Could we have the first picture? Plant number one. Last year, that would not be plant one. That would be plant one. Now, let me talk to you about this plant real quick. Last year... I'm not sure of all the circumstances because I am not the plant guru. But I just want you to explain how that got there. Microphone. Okay. So, once I have sound, there we are. In this plant pot was a beautiful, if you all know what an airplane plant was, it was very full and very beautiful. Keep it by your mouth. And um, at this so That's the Italian. Yes. Hey, can I talk this way? No, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, it was green, it was beautiful. In this new home we've moved into, we don't have proper light. We did put this in uh, one of our basement windows, which gets a lot more light. And the, 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 for the first year, the plant did wonderfully, but last year it just died. So I, I finally I brought the pot upstairs, and so where you're seeing it right now is located in our garage. And I don't remember when I put, you know, got rid of all the green stuff that was just barely hanging on and just put it in the garage and was going to use the pot sometime. And probably put it in the garage maybe five or six months ago, so it's been there all winter. Okay, so this thing has been sitting in the garage all winter, up and down temperatures, all the leaves gone, just dead. She's just waiting to reuse the pot. She's going to dump it, put new soil in it, replant it with something new. The other day, we got out of our cars and we're walking by this. This is just outside our back door where we enter the house. Let me show you what we saw. Picture number two, Jeff. Hadn't been watered all winter. Hadn't been touched. Hadn't been improved on. Hadn't. All right. Let me show you. Next. And in the dark. This, she brought it into the house. Began to water it. Began to care for it. Began to speak love to it. Began to bless it. And, well. Okay. But for the sake of the illustration. <laughs> That, that, that is not a repotted plant. That's that thing that was dead. 
given up on. Do you see the life that's in the seed and the ability of the soil once it grabs that promise to produce? So the second part of this promise is this. Even if you've sown something months ago, don't give up. Go back to it. And and you'll see a little sprout sticking above the... That ought to give you hope. Bring it into the house. Start watering it. Start speaking over it again. Start claiming those promises. Start speaking, saying what God says. Command the mountain to be moved. By the way, Jesus never told you to pray to your mountains and ask him to remove them. You never pray to a mountain. You command the mountain. You command the mountain to move. You don't ask Jesus to do it. You command the mountain to move. He said, you speak to the mountain, and if you believe. I, I, oh. (laughs) This uh, week, I was, had the privilege of sitting with uh, an individual and just sharing our lives and talking and they let me know some difficulties that they were going through. And as we shared, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and told me to ask them, do you have any of the promises, any of the Word of God, any Bible scriptures actually written out pertaining to these challenges that you and your spouse are going over and just declaring and speaking out. They said, no. No, we haven't done that part. I said, so, as we've been talking here, I know you believe the promise. I know you believe in the Father's provision. I know you are a person of faith that's able to grab a hold of God and bring these things into your life. But let me tell you something. It's not enough just to scatter seed on the soil of your heart and let it begin to produce. You need to speak to get it out. You need to speak to release faith. Faith is released by words. Let me show you something. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Verse 21, and when Jesus had crossed again into the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and employed him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. Now this... This was an attendant of the temple. This was a practicing Jew caught up in the covenants and laws of God and of the Jewish faith. In fact, Jairus, it's said regarding Jairus that he was like a temple master. He he was over everything that went on the temple and had people working for him. This, This guy was steeped in Jewish tradition, and yet he heard about Jesus and came and said, Jesus, would you come lay your hand? His faith began to reach and touch. Now, 
watch the various things that can happen with faith, the different levels that are available to us by faith. So Jesus goes with him. And a great crowd followed Jesus and thronged about him. Take note of that. A great crowd followed Jesus and thronged about him. How many of you have ever gone to a concert or a sporting event where you were outside prior to getting to go in and there was a throng? How many of you know you weren't standing with five feet of space around you able to just, you know, have lunch and talk to your spouse or your friends. All right, I mean, it's, it's packed. People are bumping up against you. There's a push, you know, you're having to, you know, keep from being pushed over. There was, that's how it was here with Jesus. There was a throng of people all around him. Now, it says... And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. That's hemorrhaging. And she had suffered much under the hand of many physicians and had spent all she had. You think you've got problems. This woman is having a serious internal bleeding, hemorrhaging, 12 years. She's gone to all the different physicians she can go to and she has spent her last dollar. Look at this. And she grew no better, but rather grew worse. What would you do? What would you do in these circumstances? What would you do if you had internal bleeding, hemorrhaging? You had been to every doctor in Denver. You had spent not only your bank account, you had spent your savings, you had pulled out your 401k, you, you didn't have any money left. You're just existing. What would you do? Here's what she does. She heard the reports. Watch. Last week, what did we, we learn last week? Be careful what you hear. Right? Okay. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, read it out loud. I'm going to try this again. <laughs> she had heard the reports about Jesus. She came up from behind him in the crowd, all right, so this press, think of this, she had, she's hemorrhaging. She's given up hope. She's spent all her money. She presses. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Something. Something's going on. And uh, something scattered some seed. Something scattered some seed on the inside. Excuse me. Excuse me. Let, can, excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to step on your feet. Excuse me. Excuse me. And she got to him, and she touched his garment out loud. For she said, if I can touch even his garments, I shall be made whole or well. Now, watch this. Mark 
chapter 5. This is from the NET, New English Translation, which is specifically an internet Bible, by the way. Where are we? Verse 20, somebody help me there. 28? All right, watch this. 27? Okay. When she heard about Jesus, she came up from behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she kept saying, if I only touch his clothes, I will be healed. (laughs) She'd given up, gone to all the doctors, expended all of her natural resources. Expended all of her natural provisions. And then she heard. And she began to constantly say, if I can just touch him. If I can just get to him. If I can just touch his clothes. If I can just touch. I know I'm going to be healed. I know I'll get healed. If I can just touch his clothes. Excuse me. Excuse me. If I can just touch his. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Excuse me. If I can just touch. If I can just touch him. She's gone well past natural provision now. She's gone well past doctors in the natural. Now she's operating on something supernatural. She's scattering seed based on what she's heard to the soil of her heart. And she's beginning to release it out her mouth if I can but touch him. Watch this. At once the bleeding stopped. At once, the bleeding stopped after 12 years. All the doctors spent all our money at once. I'll tell you what, God can do in a second. He can do in five seconds to turn a situation around that you've been trying to get righted, changed for years. God can turn that thing instantly. At once, the blood stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed. Watch, watch verse 30. Jesus knew at once that power had gone out of him. And he turned and he said, who touched me? And his disciples said, are you crazy? You see this throng? And you ask, it's in the text. And you ask, who touched you? Jesus said, no, 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 no. This was not a normal touch. This was a touch based on sowing, scattering seed to the soil of somebody's heart who's been saying and saying and saying and saying, Ed, if I can just get to him and touch him, I'm going to be, I know I'll get healed. She kept saying that and saying it, and she pressed through all of the circumstances. She made a fool of herself and didn't care until she could touch just the hem of his garment. And immediately her blood flow stopped, and Jesus, oh, my goodness, who touched me? Jesus, the son of the living God, felt power, leave his being and respond to the touch of a seed sown into soil. And now that soil was working on it and bringing up first just a sprout and then the ear and then the stalk. And now it was corn time. 
There was an ear laying on that corn called healing from hemorrhaging, ready for her. Hallelujah. She touched the hem of his garment. Life flow left him. And he said, who touched me? Somebody touched me. Somebody drew in faith. And here's the beautiful thing. She had been scattering seed. She had been saying over and over and over again, if I can just get to him, I'll be healed. You see, what you say with your mouth is absolutely essential to bringing to pass what God has declared for you. I did I meant to just muse from a quieted heart. <laughs> oh, I blew it again. I just, I just wanted to muse for a while from a quieted heart.